You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. To episode 10 of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So uh, sorry we had to take last week off. It's been a busy few weeks, man. I don't know if, uh, if anybody knows that listens to this show. We, uh, we each do our own other podcasts as well. You have the Derek Diamond uh, Experience and the Nerd Cave, uh, Nerd Cave Podcast. And I also do uh, Pop Culture Palette. And we did our show the other night for Pop Culture Palette talking about uh, the movie that Wally and I just released, uh, Monsters Anonymous. We had our um, our premiere last week, and it was it was definitely a full weekend. So by the time Sunday night rolled around, the, the, when we usually do this show, I had no energy whatsoever. No, I, I totally understand, but from the pictures I saw on Facebook, it looked like the premiere was a pretty big hit. It was a huge success. Everybody loved it. Everybody wants more. Uh, we're already planning the sequel, and uh, we're going to do another Kickstarter for it pretty soon. So everybody keep their eyes open for that. We'll definitely keep you informed on this show as well as the Pop Culture Palette if you listen to that show as well. Nice. I, I would suggest some type of witty sequel title, but oh, yeah. I can't well, we, really think of one right now. <laughs> oh, Wally's got it. Wally had it immediately. Oh, and, good. And, and as soon as you hear it, you're just like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Now, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to, to watch the movie, you know, whenever it's available for us to see. And obviously the sequel, of course. I, I, it's just so cool that you guys got to do something like that. It, it's amazing. It's one of the most surreal experiences of my life to actually have a movie and have it been with people that I look up to. You know, like uh, people that were part of the View Ask universe, like Jeremy London and Brian O'Halloran. Just to have those people in my movie was just... Oh my God, it's just weird. Like, it, there's no other word to describe it than weird. It's just one of those things that I'm sure you were like, if you told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this, I would yeah. tell you you're crazy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how it is. No, but that that's awesome, though. I, I'm really happy for you guys. Well, thank you, sir. But um, we're not here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about retro video games. So if you would like, we can go straight into the news. Let's do it. Mario's age has been revealed. In a recently unearthed interview with Shigeru Miyamoto, Nintendo's creative fellow revealed some interesting facts about their mascot. According to Miyamoto, Mario is only, drumroll please, mm -hmm. 24 years old. Apparently, this is one of the only defined elements of Mario's character. While Mario's facial hair may suggest otherwise, the plumber is yet to enter his 30s. What do you think of Mario's age? And this is courtesy of MyNintendoNews.com. This is crazy. Yeah. I, he looks at least 35, and I think th that's being a little generous. Yeah, 35 to 45 at least. I mean, hell, when they made the movie of Super Mario Brothers, um, what was his name that played Mario? He was in... Uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. That dude was like 50 when he did that movie. 
yeah, he had to have those rocket boots to to actually be able to jump. Yeah. There, I'm sorry. Mario is not 24 years old. He's got to be at least 40, between 35 and 45, at least. But the thing is, I remember playing some of the, the newer uh, 3DS games, the Mario and Luigi RPGs, which are really good games, but they actually make jokes about Mario and Luigi being middle-aged. Yeah. So I don't know what Miyamoto's thinking. I mean, I love the guy. He's to me, the most iconic video game creator of all time. But I I got to call foul on this one. Yeah, I do too. I just, that's, you know, Link, yeah, 24 years old. I could see Link being 24 years old in certain games, not all of the Zelda games, but, you know, anywhere from Like, I'm being... waiting for him to be in his 20s in a game. Yeah. He's always either a kid or he's in his late teens. Yeah, either somewhere, like, in, you know adolescence to early adulthood but mario eh, no way he's at least 40 at yeah at least he can jump pretty good for a 40 year old though yeah, not too bad for an old man no <laughs> maybe no, he just that's something we can all inspire to be uh, maybe he looks older because maybe like he smokes a lot or maybe he drinks Maybe so. Someone uh, actually reading this article, someone photoshopped Mario and Luigi's mustaches. They look so weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, that, I don't know. That's it. I, I don't even know what to say about that. That's just that's just wrong. I mean, there's no way. No, I I agree with you totally. I mean, I know he's a fictional character and he's a cartoon basically, but still. Come be it be a little more uh, be a little more accurate because like I, like I said, there's no way he's 24. Um, well, maybe to Japanese people, you know, Caucasian people look older than they really are, or younger. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making maybe stuff so. up. But uh, did you have any news for us, Jason? Yes, I do. Um, coming to us from Thrilllist.com uh, by Tony Maravic. Nintendo's NES Classic Edition adds a big feature to 30 retro games. Um, pretty simple. Instead of having to find a safe point in the game to secure the progress you've made, all you have to do is press the NES Classic Edition's reset button, and you'll be taken to the console's home screen, where you'll be able to save what's called a suspend point. When you're ready to play again, you'll be able to pick up exactly where you left off. Basically, the feature will make playing games like Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, and others slightly less maddening. Now, this I would have killed for when I was a kid, to have save points in most of these games. Because 98% of classic NES games do not have a save feature. Other than, you know, like uh, Legend of Zelda, um, Star Tropics had one. A few games here and there had... Uh, the battery, um, the little battery saves on there. And most of them, actually, those little batteries are st are supposedly only supposed to last about 30 years. So I think we're going to start seeing those uh, little batteries that are in those carts start to fail here pretty soon. Um, but this, you know, 
if this doesn't give you a reason to buy this, I, and I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, why would you buy this? Like, you can just emulate these games, or you can, you know, like, search for these games, get an old Nintendo and play it. Like, yeah, that's still the fun of it, the the thrill of the hunt to find these games and all that stuff. I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to find these old games and play them on my Nintendo, but I want this to have just those save points. I mean that this is that's this is the number one selling point for me. What do you think about it? It reminds me of something that they do with the Wii U and their virtual console when you play a classic game like something on the NES like Mario Brothers or you know something like that, you can create a suspend point. You can only do one per game, but th- this is what it reminds me of. I think it's perfect. I think it's just one more reason to buy it. I mean, I'm going to buy it anyway because yeah. it's 30 games and it's $60. And to me, there's totally that's an incredible it. deal. And it, but I think these suspend points, like this, just like icing on the cake to me. Oh, yeah. And I think Nintendo did kind of miss a, a, a golden opportunity with this console. What they could have and should have done was give it um, – you know, Wi-Fi capability and a small hard drive, and which probably would have put it up over a hundred dollars. But honestly, I would have bought it. So you yeah. could go to the Nintendo store and buy all the retro games and put on this system. Oh, absolutely. No, that I agree with that. That's the only thing that I would criticize them with. But there's also things like, you know, the different picture modes that you can do with this. You can play them, you know, in, in HD, or you can add a filter to it that makes yeah. it look like you're playing it on an old TV, which is awesome. Yeah. The, it says that here, it says the console also comes with screen settings, like a CRT filter, which I don't need because I already have a CRT television that I play my retro games on that adds those retro scan lines to your TV screen, a four, three mode that horizontally stretches games to better fit your screen. And of course a pixel perfect mode that lets you play the games exactly as they were designed. Likewise, busting out your old hairstyle and jacket from 20 something years ago is totally optional system comes out november 11th and will be priced around 60 dollars. i love it i'll be buying this when it comes out i actually looked on amazon yesterday i was going to go ahead and pre-order but uh, they aren't accepting pre-orders yet really yeah it just says uh this item is not available interesting because it's so, just a little over a month away. I know. Uh, you would think. I wonder that, if they sold out of pre-orders. I don't know. I mean, it depends on where they're going to be selling this thing at. I mean, is it just going to be at regular stores like Walmart, uh, Target, Best Buy, or is it, you know, like where is it going to be the best place to buy one? I'll have to go by GameStop and ask if they're accepting pre-orders. Maybe. Uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not the ideal top. situation. No, but. I would much rather just order it on Amazon and have it be delivered the day that it gets released. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But either way, super excited for this. Any fan of retro games should have this on their list. Oh, no doubt. If If you're a hater and you don't want one, that's fine. But for me... I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to have all the safe points. If you're a hater, why are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) 
And on that note, let's go into this month in video game history. You start this one off. In 1984, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Nyon Falcom releases Dragon Slayer, which lays the foundations for the action role-playing game genre. I never played Dragon Slayer, but I know of it. And I think the fact that role-playing games are huge. They were huge, I know, when the Super Nintendo came out. They're still huge now with mm-hmm. open-world games like the Elder Scrolls. Seeing you know, the game that kind of started that all, I think, is really cool. I have no memory of Dragon Slayer. I'm going to have to look this up. And also, um, while you're doing that, in 1985, on October 18th, Nintendo released Duck Hunt for the Famicom, a.k.a. the Nintendo Entertainment System. I like Duck Hunt, but God, I hated that dog. <laughs> I think everybody I hated did. it so much. I remember when the newest Smash Brothers came out for the Wii U, the Duck Hunt dog was a character that you could unlock, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take out <laughs> 20 years of frustration on you. Yes. Oh, I don't, I don't remember this game, Dragon Slayer. I'm looking at the cover right now on Wikipedia, and I have no memory of this game. It's very, very vague. Like, I, I know the name, but I don't really know anything about it. Hmm. But still, I mean, if, if it laid the foundation for one of the most popular genres out there, it says, you, know, you uh, got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, Dragon Slayer was a dungeon crawl RPG that was entirely real-time with action-oriented combat, combining arcade-style action mechanics with the RPG mechanics found in traditional RPGs like Wizardry and Ultima. I'd like to check this out or look at some gameplay from it because uh, I'd have no memory of this at all. No, absolutely. Uh, in 1987, uh, October, Nintendo releases Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, for the NES and the Famicom, which I love Punch-Out. Uh, I had the regular Punch-Out. I never had the Mike Tysons because um, I, I bought mine after 1990, I think, after the they, they didn't lose. I think this the license expired that Mike Tyson had with Nintendo. I, re- I re- played this game a little bit, but I would say it has one of the most iconic final boss fights if you will because you get to fight mike tyson yeah and knowing like how big his name was back then that had to have been really cool mike tyson was like one of the biggest names in the world in the late 80s yeah uh in october lucasarts releases maniac mansion the first game to use the scum engine innovating the point and click interface for the adventure game genre um, I've seen a lot of videos from Maniac Mansion, but it's one of those games I never played. I'm really interested in finding this game to play it. I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of it. Really? Really. I'm actually looking it up right now. Yeah, um, there's some uh, really good... Um, actually, on Cinemasker, you can look up... Uh, I think they did a James and Mike Mondays where they played Maniac Mansion. And um, it's just, you know, it's one of those point-and-click adventures Um uh, one of the very first ones. Um, so it's kind of early in that genre and it's probably not very good, but it looks fun enough to play, like to go back and, and really kind of experience that. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures right now. This, this actually looks kind of neat. Yeah. Like, it'd be something I'd try. I never got to play it, but I did play um, like Shadowgate. Those, 
that and uh, there was another one that was really big on uh, I can't remember the name of it for the Nintendo but uh, I remember Shadowgate because I really like that game that's another game that's on my list as a top priority when I find it I want to buy it absolutely which speaking of things that that I played in 1990 on October 6th Sega Game Gear was released in Japan in North America in 1991 in Europe and Australia in 1992 I love the Game Gear almost as much as I love the Game Boy because the Game Gear actually had a backlit screen. The only problem with it was it took eight AA batteries, and <laughs> it, it would last lasted. about 20 minutes. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So it was one of those things that I had to be at home so I could plug the power cord <laughs> into the wall. Cause, if you're at home, God. why not just play a Genesis Exactly. <laughs> no wonder. I mean, I, take off. I I love I love the Game Gear. I was just never was a fun. Sega fan. I know, you know, Wally hates when I say this. I was not a Sega fan. It's not not that I'm a Sega hater. I was just so immersed in Nintendo at the time. I just didn't give Sega a chance. Yeah, I mean, other than Sonic, to me, they didn't have too much that you know jumped out at me. But I, I love the Sonic games for yeah. Game Gear and Genesis. But I, I really do. Um, I'm going to go back to the flea market that we went to a few weeks ago. And if I can find me a Sega Genesis, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Because I really do want to go back and, and experience that console fresh. No, absolutely. And you can start reviewing some Genesis games. Absolutely. Because I like and one of the games we talked about doing on this show... Um, we we had talked about um, doing Zombies Ate My Neighbors, and that's one mm -hmm. of the Super Nintendo games I've been looking for. Well, I saw it out of the corner of my eye at the flea market when, that day that we went, and I turned my head and looked, and I was like, oh, it's it's the game. It's the one I want, but it was the Sega version. I was like, oh, oh damn. <laughs> that sucks. If I'd have had a I, Genesis, I would have bought it. I need to find it. that game. Oh yeah, you do you still have a Genesis? Um, yes. Well, if you do, yes, do, and we go back, and it's still there, you should pick it up. Definitely, I do want to go back. You know, at, at some point in time. Yeah. Well, um, we'll actually, have to. We'll talk off air about that. Oh yeah, we'll do that, and we'll, we'll let everybody know too. So if anybody lives in this area, you can meet us over there, and we can all like go on a hunt together. A retro gaming scavenger hunt. Yes. But um, tonight we're going to be uh, – let's go ahead and move into our review section of the show. And um, I'll explain a little bit about why I'm reviewing this game because the last show I said I was going to do Crystalis. But I really didn't have a lot of time to play it. And the time that I did play, I got sucked into playing this game. <laughs> That music that is Dr. Mario, which was yes. released in 1990 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, a little bit about why I picked this game this week. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Tyler Watson, came up to the movie premiere last weekend, and he presented me with two uh, Nintendo games. He gave me, of course, Dr. Mario, 
and a game that he said was his one of his favorite Nintendo games called Air Fortress. And to, as a thank you, I was going to go ahead and review Air Fortress for this week. But I only got to play a couple of minutes of it because I was like, oh, I got, I got to play some Dr. Mario. So I popped <laughs> it in and immediately got sucked into the Dr. Mario world because as much as I love Tetris, Dr. Mario just takes it a step further. So, Tyler... Thank you so much. Um, you have destroyed hours and hours of my life this week by giving me <laughs> Dr. Mario. <laughs> and I, I will do Air Fortress. Um, I will review it. Um, but, man, Dr. Mario holds up like crazy. And if you've never played this game, if you've played Tetris, you understand the mechanics of the game. But it just takes what Tetris does and takes it one step further and a little bit about this game dr mario uh is an arcade style action puzzle video game designed by gunpei yokoi and produced by takahiro harada nintendo developed and published the game for the nes and game boy consoles the game soundtrack was composed by hirokazu tanaka the game focuses on the player character Mario who assumes the role of a doctor and is tasked with eradicating deadly viruses. In this falling block puzzle game, the player's objective is to destroy the viruses populating the on-screen playing field by using colored capsules that are dropped into the field. So basically what you have to do is you have these four different or five different capsules and each of them are either solid color like red, blue, or yellow or their mixed colors like red and blue, yellow and blue, red and yellow. Um, and you have to match up four colors to make the blocks disappear. And there are, imagine, you know, like Tetris, the, the field of Tetris, where you mainly just have to get, you know, a line or a, the blocks to line up a certain color. You ha There are um, viruses in the field that you have to line up at least four of the same color to make these viruses disappear. Once the viruses disappear, you move on to the next stage, and the next stage is faster and more viruses until it's to the point where it's just absolute ludicrousness of how many viruses are in, on the field. There is very few games that I consider to be dangerously addictive in this world, and Dr. Mario is definitely one of those games. Have you ever played Dr. Mario? Yes, I have. This reminds me, around that time in the NES era, they would add Mario to a lot of different games. Like if you yeah. played the tennis game for NES, Mario was the referee. Same thing in Punch-Out. But to me, this is easily the most successful one because yeah. it's kind of taking Tetris – putting Mario's face on it and adding, you know, a new dynamic to the puzzle building. Yeah. And I, I'm one of those people. I love Tetris. I played that game so much on my game boy. I can still hum the theme song mm -hmm. to, in my head perfectly. But like you said, Dr. Mario took that fun aspect and it made it even better. I haven't played this game in a long, long, long time. It but still, it's a lot of fun. It still holds up like crazy. I mean, it's still... I literally haven't played this game 
since like 1990, 91. Um, I never bought this game. It was always a rental for me. Um, but, and I guess it was a good thing I never actually bought it because I would have been just sucked into playing this game for hours and hours and days and weeks. Um, but going back and playing it now, it's still just as fresh as the day as it came out. And this should be one of the games that Nintendo um, ports to um, mobile gaming. And I think it would be easy to do that. And this type Absolutely. of game is perfect to play on a phone. Yes. So I think they're Which, missing a huge opportunity if they don't put this on mobile gaming. Well, they are transitioning into doing more mobile gaming. I mean, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but uh, Super Mario Run is going to come out around Christmas for iOS and eventually Android. I think Dr. Mario would be a great you know, second game for them to do. And for those of who are curious, I actually just looked this up to confirm Dr. Mario is going to be on the mini NES. Nice. I, so I we'll have I that to look that forward there, to. Yeah. And you'll be able to save your game wherever you're at. But actually this game does have a, a really good, it's not necessarily a save feature, but whenever you do, I don't want to say like you, you fail a board, it's game over, but you can go back to that same board because the 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 not the start screen is like it's got a little slider that you can move to set it to whatever level you want to be at. You can set your difficulty and wherever you were before, that's where you can start from. Or I mean, you can start from pretty much anywhere in the game. Yes, at any difficulty, which was nice. Yeah. No, I I want to play Dr. Mario now. Now you've got me addicted. <laughs> just thinking about it right now, just talking about it makes me want to immediately just go start playing it because you know, I it's one of those games that everybody can get into and and everyone can love. It's not you know, it's not like an action RPG. It's not a, a 2D side scroller. It's not a shoot 'em up or a beat 'em up. It's just a puzzle game. And there's something about these Nintendo puzzle games that just stand the test of time. And they will be good games a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, you know, a thousand years from now when we're all dead and the aliens come here to look for our artifacts, they're going to find, uh, you know, a Nintendo buried under a mountain somewhere with Dr. Mario and they're going to start playing it and, and be like, wow, this is awesome. And they'll they'll get addicted to it, too. They'll all spend their hours and days playing Dr. Mario. <laughs> of course they will. <laughs> but this this game, I mean, if you find this game at a flea market or whatever and, you know, you, you're building a collection, you know, this is high on the list of games that you must own. And if I give this uh, game a rating, uh, one out of five, um, out of five, I give this game a solid five. I mean, this is wow, 8-bit almost 8-bit perfection of they just, they nailed it. They perfectly nailed what they were trying to do. That's a pretty high recommendation. I love it. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, there's not much to the game other than just what it is. And what it is is a highly addictive puzzle game that just, there's nothing 
wrong with this game. I mean, if you fail at this game, it's because you suck at it. It's not because the game is bad or the game is broken. There's nothing broken about this game. It's just it is what it is, and it's perfect. I I can't wait to play it again. Oh, yeah. Um, when that uh, mini NES comes out, you're going to be sucked into it like I was this past week. Every spare 10 minutes I had was spent playing Dr. Mario. Like yesterday, I mean, we were getting ready to go. We had some errands to run, and my wife was taking a shower, and she was getting ready, and I was just like, I'm going to go play some Nintendo while you're getting ready. And then she's like, okay. And then she gets done, and you know, we're like ready to walk out the door, and she's like, are you ready? I'm like, oh, one more game. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. But yeah. No, um, that's – I – I, I love that high praise. Yeah, I, I can't wait to play it on the mini NES when it comes out. So when it comes out, you know, this should be one of the first ones you pop on when you get the get the mini NES because this game is so good, and I can't give it a higher praise. I, I'll say this, and I'll say it on the podcast just so it's out there in a public forum. When I get this, that will be the first game that I play. Yes. will be Dr. Mario. And you can tell me exactly how you feel about it. What kind of rating you would give Dr. Mario after all these years. Absolutely. But um, I think that's going to just about do it for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we get out of here? Um, there actually was one thing that I wanted to uh, – I thought about this the other day when I was talking with someone about the mini NES, how it's got 30 games that are coming out for it. I thought of a little fun thing that we could do on this show. Mm-hmm. How about next week we each pick five games that we would put on a mini Super Nintendo? Let's see. All right. Let me write that down so I don't forget it. Oops. Didn't mean to do that. Because I <laughs> I really think that once this thing sells well, I think the mini Super Nintendo will not be far behind. Oh, yeah. And I will be so excited for that. So we each pick five games. Sounds good to me. I I already know <clears throat> like the first three I would put on there right now. Yeah, we'd, we'd probably have to talk about it beforehand because I know we'd probably – there's well, the ones I, that instantly yeah. <laughs> jump out to mind. So well, I know there's I'll try one, and think of some more obscure ones. I know there's one that you and I would both pick. Yes, <laughs> it would have something to do with a Triforce and a sword that you could say is the master yes. of all other swords. <laughs> but other well, than that, um, that's all That's all I've got. It's good to be back on Nerd Cave Retro. Yeah, it's great. And uh, we're not going to be taking any more weeks off, so we'll be going uh, pretty steady from here on out. If we do take Absolutely. a night off, it's because, you know, the world blew up or something. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, email us at NerdCave Nerdcave Netro. That sounds great. NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. So let's go ahead and get out of here. So tell them what to do, Derek. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.